Today in Baltimore, Maryland, a disturbing event is occurring that defies explanation. Three grown men gathered in front of microphones to discuss pop culture. Experts call it a podcast, but new evidence suggests it goes much deeper and darker than that. Also tonight, the heartwarming story of you getting over an hour of free entertainment. Join me now for this special true crime edition of Movie Schmovie. Here we are. Hello. We are here. Back. That's, that's like if you churned it up right, like a few seconds into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, hello. <laughs> I'm John. I'm Ron. And I'm Steve. And uh, this is Movie Schmovie. Episode 195. Shh, we're doing it, man. Yeah, we are. Getting closer <laughs> That's what happens closer. every time we do an episode. Yeah. We're just doing it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sometimes it's just staying on the horse. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that yeah. how you feel about this episode? No. That made it seem like I'm just like pushing through it. No, but I'm just saying like we've committed to it. Yeah. We've promised uh, that we would stop at 350. That could happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could get there. The stopping part or that no, we could get there? No, <laughs> that's getting there. I don't want to stop. But this episode is going to be a topic that we've talked about off and on, I think, over the years, because we've talked about probably a lot of the movies that we're going to sure. mention tonight as they came out one by one. But recently, I was looking at what was available on Netflix, and it occurred to me that a lot of the things that I was interested in were true crime documentaries. Sure. <laughs> So it just occurred to me that we've talked about a lot of them. It might be fun to kind of sit back and look at the genre of true crime documentary mm. and what that means and and throw that open to these other formats because we do have movies, but we also have the sort of miniseries model that's become popular in recent years yeah. of, of true crime. And there's also this sort of podcast model of a, just a story blown up over several hours. Yeah. And people get addicted to these stories, and some of them you can binge, and some of them you have to wait a week, but... But there's a general feeling of, I think, kind of a true crime craze, a true crime yes, thing going on. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I know when we mentioned during this episode, Ronald, you specifically said that you didn't know what you would have to say yeah. because you don't watch a lot of true I don't crime. Quite, and watch I, quite as many. And I liked your reason, the thing you said about uh, um, long form misery. Like yeah. I don't like to watch. Like if I'm watching a true crime thing, I wrap it up in two hours, hour and a half. I mean, there are some exceptions. Uh, one of them we're going to talk about, but. There's something about watching this stuff in long form and without like getting too heavy like you I've had a an amount of experience with crime in real life mm-hmm. and your brain doesn't want to like process that stuff in in the form of a documentary for for so long you're like man is this seeping into my existence and I think whether you had experiences with that or not right that does it so like it's it's something about stacking those up and exposing yourself to it i have to have some like silly shit in between i, I can't do it all the time is it so it's about like not wanting to wallow in that yes. negativity yeah. or it affects me and also not wanting not feeling the need to plug into that right. that negativity artificially yeah which i do think when you say that i don't think i particularly like true crime because i haven't been around a lot of murders or any horrible right, crimes right, right, but right. i do saying. think there's something about seeking out that that what's just around the corner, what's just beneath the surface, uh, you know, that unknown sure. beneath the, the thin veneer mm-hmm. of civility. And I think for me, preparing myself almost for like, what's the worst that could happen? Right. I like to know. I, I mean, yeah, I like to dig definitely. in. I'm not a person who wants to watch, um, you know, um, like when, I don't know, this is going to, this, this is going to be a heavy sounding episode for a lot of reasons. But yeah. like, um, you know, when someone, when, when there's a link going around of, some terrorists that have beheaded somebody. Right, right. I'm not the kind of guy who wants to watch that. Yeah. I don't need to see the thing that I can never unsee. But if there were a documentary about that, I would probably watch it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that I I just like knowing. And I think that for me, it helps me think about what it is that I am afraid of or what it is that is out there yeah. in the world. Just the awful things that people <clears throat> do to each other. Right. I don't I don't know if it makes me more morbid. It almost for me is like a release valve for some of these yeah. thoughts and fears. But when you say that thing about not wanting to wallow in the the misery of it, Ronald, yeah. it does make me wonder. As I have often wondered about like why I like horror films too. If I did have real <laughs> life and death dramas going on, I would not be as interested in 
that kind of entertainment because right. it is still entertainment. Yeah. Like you think about if someone's ever had someone close to them murdered or abducted or whatever, it probably would take all of right. the sort of vicarious thrill out of finding out this sort of thing. What do you think, Steve, about all this? Well, I, <clears throat> I think you're right. I mean, like Ronald specifically, I, I don't, I don't think that like I, I seek it out because I want to feel that like right, right, right. sadness right, or, right, right, right. or, and I, and I also don't have much exposure to crime or anything like that <clears throat> in my real life, but. I think the big thing that kind of gets me into the true crime, like genre, um, whether whatever form it's in, is just the reminder that like real life is so much stranger and darker and scarier than like all these movies that we talk about <laughs> every episode. Yeah, I think that you know we can criticize and like critique and just discuss movie after movie, whether it's a horror film or a mystery or mm-hmm. you know even films like you know mi- like true truly great mysteries of of the recent years. Yeah. And I think that there's just something about, specifically, I guess, getting into some of the long-form ones with somebody who's just really interested in detail that you'll never get from a movie or um, from, like, the short form. I seek that out personally because, like, I am just so interested in, like, the information. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, like, if if it's an intriguing story to me, again, in one of these stories of any of the things that I'm sure we're about to talk about, like, it's probably more interesting than most movies I've seen last year. You know, or the right, last right. few years, mm-hmm. and that's that's really sad because this is real, and that, and that, that's the thing. Like, if I right. if I had been exposed to it, or if I had experienced an event that was maybe mirrored in one of these stories that I'm reading, it would obviously affect me a different way, or maybe yeah. I wouldn't want to watch that because it's too I'm too sensitive to it. But I mean, I'm fortunately I haven't had exposure right, to right, that, right. so you know, I just think that the big thing for me is like just the reality of and the realization that this is like fucking real, yeah, like. Yeah. As as messed up as I feel watching this, and as frustrated and whatever you know range of emotions that I'm going through, whether I'm listening to a podcast or watching a weekly thing or binging a series on Netflix or just a movie, a documentary feature film, the attention to detail that so many of them go through, the true narrative that a, a really good filmmaker will will be able to present the story within, yeah. it just makes it so digestible while still being such a horrible horrible right in most cases horrible things mm-hmm. you know and yeah. i that's just tr- truly like the the main thing that hooks me is the the crime angle the mystery and mainly and most importantly the fact that it's a wake up call that like movies are great and it's magical and it's and it's it's something that we can just talk about and critique all day long right but these stories like somebody's dealing with this in real life and yeah. like the attention that's been paid to it whether it's bringing light to helping solve it or whatever it might be, like yeah. the fact that they have access to, you know, an audience, you know, the size of Netflix or Apple Podcasts or whatever, or just a movie theater. Um, that's like the hook for me. Yeah. And and it's sure some of them are really sad and depressing, and you know, selfishly I, I feel like I can disconnect though, you know, and it bothers me mm-hmm. the story, right. the people I feel for a lot of these subjects. But, I mean, it's really just a matter of them wanting that story to get out there and, like, somebody being able to be affected by something that, um, you know, affected someone else in, in assuming a negative way. Well, I was going to say one thing I worry about with, like, long form is, like, the amount of bloat that kind of goes into some of it. Like, sure. I'm not saying that all of it is, but sometimes you can feel that they're, like, not getting to a point of something that's very simple mm-hmm. who did this thing in this place yeah like I, i'm not saying like sum it all up in two episodes but like there's a lot of bloat in some of the long form ones i do like the information and the perspective is something i worry about like sure I, it, are they covering it in a balanced way right and that that that's a question of because anything can be deemed a documentary you know what i mean like anything that puts information on the screen is, is considered a documentary. And I feel like that's becoming a newer thing. Like people are kind of being thrown into this because of Netflix. Cause it's a genre that I never heard about. Like 10 years ago, you weren't hearing people like, man, it's crazy as, as much as I hear now. And it's just yeah. putting it in one place. But I, I think that what it's doing though, is it, it's telling these stories that you would never have heard ever. Yeah. And I kind of like that. That's the part that I like about it. You guys like good stories, too. So yeah, sure. I, that's why I don't think you guys are sickos. I know <laughs> yeah, that you yeah. just like good stories. That's no, what it is. But totally. there is something about that, you know, and I never really thought much before today when I was getting ready for this episode <laughs> about the sort of privileged position of of being able to 
take that in as, as right, right. something you dial up and you yeah. watch and you say, oh my gosh, and you recommend it to friends and say, did you hear about this horrible murder? You know, mm-hmm. there is something kind of <sighs> fiddling while Rome burns uh, about that. You know, just there's something kind of creepy about it. Right. But if if we accept that there is something in humanity that does kind of crave this response, this this that goes back to our early days of actually being worried about predators. You know, yeah. there's something about knowing that fear or experiencing that fear. I've always thought horror films tapped into that, but horror films are much scarier if it's just a person right. than if it's a ghost sure. or a monster because it's relatable. And if you then take that idea and say, well, then it's much scarier if it's true yeah. than if it's something someone made up. I think that it does, it does kind of just it gets at that desire, that primal fear aspect of like what could be going on. So I think that everybody to some degree has some level of dealing with that. And I do know people that would think we were sickos for some of the movies that we (laughs) like, but I don't think I'm a sicko in the sense that I can sometimes listen to, I listen to several true crime podcasts and there are some times where those hosts seem a little bit like they're licking their lips yeah. Talking about <clears throat> some of the salacious details of some of this stuff, and maybe it's because they know they've got a good episode, but it can be taken to the opposite extreme of you're not soberly looking at the information like we're talking about, mm-hmm. where it's like people being funny and riffing on it and being kind of fascinated with the killers and fascinated with their modus operandi and, and fascinated with their psychology. We can sort of fetishize the the villains of these stories um, rather than talk about the tragedy or the yeah. human toll. Yeah. And I think the best true crime documentaries kind of do both. They knit together that that little curiosity you have about the gross details with some reminder that this happened to a person and that people loved this person. Yeah. And I think the worst ones do that sort of wallowing in the uh, ugliness and throwing all these details at you, but they don't have a context. It's not really gonna, about anything. That was part of, I was actually going to ask both of you what makes a good true crime documentary. Steve, what do you... I, mean, I think you just said it. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I think that really is. It's like the the really even balance of, you know, <clears throat> kind of highlighting the effect that whatever happened has on its victims, and also, you the know, people around it. Yeah, the people around yeah. it, and, and the and the people that possibly are responsible for it. Yeah. You know, I think it's like, I mean, can, can I mention one of the ones that we're going to talk let's, about? Let's here? get yeah. started. Sure. I so I mean, one of the ones that like obviously is pretty current still, even though it came out a year or two ago on Netflix, is the uh, Making a Murder and. A lot of uh, and, and and it may be warranted, but a lot of the criticism that you know that that series on Netflix got was that the filmmakers were obviously telling a story that they believe, like they they have a motivation, yeah, absolutely, and they have a feeling about what they feel happened, mm-hmm. and people can criticize that and say, well, like you you know, you may want to see this as more of like a from all angles of the of the square, right. you know, like what is the full square, and I mean, and that's valid, and I get that. Mm. But I, I kind of watch these films and I say, this person decided to make this film. Mm. You know, if you watch this and you feel like this feels mis- misrepresented or this feels unbalanced, then they failed. You know, and so obviously to a lot of people, maybe they, they didn't do that, you know. But me, you know, I, I watch that and I can hear the filmmaker's voice. You know, I can hear right. their story that they believe, which which, you know, is like this gray area of like, somebody being creative and in a, in a, in an artist and a filmmaker, their motivation is to tell their story or a story that they believe in. Right. You know, so when you kind of play in this real life thing, they do run this risk of like feeling like maybe they're misrepresenting something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's happened in plenty of true, true crime docs I've seen or just documentaries in general, not even about true crime. You, you feel like it's, it's like not propaganda, but like you feel like they're selling you something that's not, real or at least not representative of the of the situation at whole but i i really don't watch that that series making a murder and there really have been many recently that i've seen heard of listened to whatever that i've really genuinely felt like they did not give a fair shake at the whole thing like they have their feeling and i don't fault somebody personally for letting that voice kind of come out Mm -hmm. in the story you know i think it's personally like i i kind of find that important because I feel like their effort in telling the story, just like the Paradise Lost trilogy, just like even the most recent The Keepers, like you can hear the filmmaker's voice in those projects. Definitely. And I think that's important because I feel like if you get too caught up in then in just this like information dump mm-hmm. where like you're not kind of showing the emotion in it, you're not showing the feeling in it, mm-hmm. then it becomes too much of a 
I mean, just, I don't know, a data dump. Like, you know, it's literally just like, this is the timeline. This is what happened. These were the suspects. Yeah. You know, and, but, but to be intrigued enough to make this, you had to have been. You had to have a perspective. Exactly. About and it. I want to hear that yeah. from that person as a filmmaker. So I don't, you know, that's probably been the biggest thing that I feel like I kind of don't get. And maybe you guys feel that way and we can discuss that. But like, sure. I don't feel like I really get a lot of that criticism that gets heaped upon a filmmaker Unless it's grossly unresponsible. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, that's happened. And, like, you know, they've been torn apart for crap like that. Well, I would say Making a Murderer was a specific example where when you heard about some of the things they left out, yeah, it was there were two parts to that. Um, one is that it was shocking that they left anything out in a 10-hour documentary because it did feel a little bloated. You were talking about when you said so... bloat earlier. I felt like that was one where when I got to about episode five or six, I wondered how there were four more episodes. Sure. And yeah. when I got to the end of the 10th one... <clears throat> I think it was ten. Um, I think you're right. I I didn't I didn't. I was like there was a part of me that thought that could have been eight. Or but I think a lot of Netflix shows go that way. Totally. Fr- frankly, I think that most mm. most Netflix shows are two or three episodes too long in terms of their season. Um, but the other thing was, I feel like it sort of behooves you when you've got a documentary if you do have a fact that might contradict your thesis. It behooves you to include it in a way because it shows the integrity of your thesis and a few things that were left out of that did seem like maybe they left it out you could look at it in one direction and say they left it out for cynical reasons to support their thesis and the other side you could say we really were looking at this in the edit and again as you were saying steve you've got you're a filmmaker with a point of view in the edit you're looking for a narrative yes and if a narrative emerges sometimes certain things aren't part of that narrative so maybe you do simplify things yeah, and I think that's just a very that's like a razor's edge. It if you're going to yeah. claim it's truth and say documentary, it then is. people can criticize it for whether you left things out that they seem to think are important. But you could also debate the spirit of well, why was that left out? Did it actually amount to anything? And in yeah. this case, making a murder, the thesis is that this was a mishandled prosecution and that it was unfair and this guy never had a chance right it's not really about his innocence or guilt in a totally way agree. yeah what did you think of making a murderer i mean i didn't watch the whole thing it was one of those things where i felt a little bloated but i'll say this the information that they provided the the information about like what the cops were saying how they wanted to knock this whole family tree off they weren't manufacturing that information mm-hmm. so if they were steering it a certain way it had to have been done that way because there was so much evidence pointing to like a grand conspiracy to destroy this family and anybody associated with mm-hmm. it. So this is one of those cases where I, a lack of information didn't kill it for me. I mean, I was engaged mm-hmm. while I watched it. It didn't feel like one of those things where that, was, that wasn't my issue. My issue was could it have been condensed to six episodes? Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the, the story at hand was compelling enough and it provided enough information. I was like, holy fuck, what what is this? No, like yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like there's so much there. There's yeah. so much. So yeah, I, I mean if we're talking about just quality of the documentary, it was it was exceptional. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I I have nothing bad to say in that way, only that it was too long. That was it. What do you guys think I know we're being armchair uh theorist totally. at this point, but what do you think of his of his innocence or guilt? Man, come on! I don't know. <laughs> well, the 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 nephew Brandon, yeah. I feel like has nothing to do with it, right? Yeah, genuinely, he was freed, right? Or I think or so. Like, he granted him something. I know like... I saw something like he got like, uh, yeah, I I think he may have gotten le- like let go, or yeah. then they like appealed it. Oh, so he may still be in. He still may be incarcerated. Because I remember, like, when they were saying, like, he was getting out, like, the WWE was, like, going to give him tickets to WrestleMania or something. <laughs> because, like, that's all he talked about in the documentary right. was wanting to be right, at a wrestling right. whatever. Um, but, but, yeah. but, but in terms of Stephen Avery, like, I don't know that I believe that he did it. I really right. don't. I, I don't. I'm not. Like, the burden of proof, I don't, I don't think has proven right. it. You know, that's just kind of how I come off of it. I mean, I haven't watched it since it came out. And I haven't stuck enough with it, you know, through recent developments. It sounds like in June, the Seventh Circuit upheld the magistrate's decision to overturn Dassey's conviction, Brandon Dassey's conviction, yeah. and then uh, left the state with, uh, so this month, yeah, it, they've just decided to uphold the, the overturning of the conviction, but now the state has the option oh, of, of either appealing the ruling to the Supreme Court 
or dismissing the charges or retrying him. Right, right. So he's right. not going to he's not, he see wrestling anytime soon. Right. That's what right. I thought. But yeah, with Steven, though, like, I don't know. I, I think it does a good enough job. I think what John said is really it. Like, I think the point of that is not to prove that he's innocent. I think the point is to prove the process is broken. Yes. You know, and I think yeah, that's yeah. the biggest thing that I'm convinced of watching that series. It has to be. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know that I'm also convinced that he, you know, that he did that murder. I mean, like, I'm not convinced beyond, you know, re- uh, shadow of a doubt or whatever. Like, I, I'm not there personally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, like, the whole idea of, like, the innocent until proven, you know, guilty. Like, I think that these documentaries, that, that's something that really comes down hard on a lot of these stories yeah. is that it, in, in most cases it, it seems to be the opposite. Yeah. You know, it seems to feel like the system is kind of assuming the worst all the time. And um, you're really fighting an uphill battle to prove that you didn't do something. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's just interesting to me, but I'm interested to see what they do with the next season of it to see what kind of information they have since that, you know, it's going to be related to this. Yeah. Same case. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're still they're still embedded following this whole thing. This, those two right, uh, right, filmmakers. When's that come out? You know? They didn't say anything. Netflix like a, did it at like one of those big uh, conferences. They were talking about it, but I don't know that there's like a date for it. Right. I wouldn't be shocked if they had it like at the end of this year. Right. They just or the beginning it. of next. Like I really wouldn't, especially <laughs> yeah. like what happens with Brandon stuff. Yeah. Like that's obviously content that they want to cover. But I wonder if this will be one of those things like Chelsea where they may start. You know, like Chelsea comes out weekly. Mm-hmm. What if there's a there's a case or a thing that kind of stops the whole Netflix model and makes it so that they're like we have to it. get this out there now. They have mm-hmm. to put it out weekly. Sure, sure, sure. To, I mean, I wouldn't mind that. I would. I see, mean, it's a com- huge title for them. So, like, yeah. if that was the something happening, that would, would be, be that a one. scenario where I feel like that right. would really challenge their model. Mm-hmm. But. I know, what do you what do you think? What do you guys think? Just quickly about that. I mean, I think it's interesting. The same is true of the Jinx over on HBO. That there's talk of a second season. Oh, yeah. man. That there's more footage, you know. Yeah. Um, and and which is a little bit of well, what did you hold back? Or again, mm-hmm. that's another part of the sort of yeah. manipulation of it that you kind of question. Well, how much truth are we being given? How are you doling this stuff out? Uh, but the notion that there's more story to be told. At the end of ten hours, six hours, whatever it might be, I can I can buy that. I mean, it's I I just the only thing I think is strange is what they may have left out um, on purpose. But I don't think it's strange to say this is an ongoing investigation or an ongoing case, and there's new information or things have happened. You know? Sure, right. sure. But I just don't know how you get that interest back of that that initial chill of finding out the facts of the case and. You know, I think there's certain things that it's hard to sort of recapture. And I think with both Making a Murderer and The Jinx, certain things would have to be different about the second season for it to have anything close to the same impact. Because what there's been nothing as surprising as a murderer yeah. since then in sure. Stephen Avery's life. The you know. thing about The Jinx, though, is that the way that they did it, they kind of drummed up the drama a little more than Making a Murderer. There's something about how they focused on his character that would could make it a little exciting just c- because he's such a compelling character. Man, Are he's we talking a, about the Jinx now? Yeah. yeah. You're right. It's about that character of he's Robert so Durst. Like, yeah. And, and I think what's cool about the Jinx is the narrative emerges over the course of the episodes of like what's even really going on with the, the how and the why of the filming. That you don't really – you don't realize it's going to turn into such a, uh, a gotcha. That's lightning for, for in a bottle. Robert Durst. Yeah. And, but the the way that they play with that, and you're wondering, it's similar to what we said about the the I forget the name of it. It was just called Wiener, the yeah. Anthony Wiener documentary. Yeah. Remember yeah. how we were saying why did he give such access? Why did he sit down and have these interviews when he knew he was continuing to do the things that were getting him in trouble? I think Robert Durst is very similar. You wonder throughout, like, why is he sitting down? With the guy who's pulling up all this information about him, how did this friendship start? And I think that becomes part of the story. Now, I'm not a big fan of when documentarians become but, part of their movies, yeah, but in the case weird. of The Jinx, it seemed like it was kind of part of the story. So, yeah, I agree, Ronald. I think that just the way that that one was told, it was different because it was so much like a portrait of a man. And he, there's something about he likes to be filmed. I mean, that, that, I mean, the sooner you understand what he is, and there's like a strangeness to him. There is something weird that the director does, I feel like, that kind of been like, look at this asshole, look at this asshole, look at this asshole, right. he's being an asshole. And then it just kind of escalates from there, which I really kind of loved, honestly. Right. But I feel like 
it, it's just him. And, they, you know, it, but they leaned into it. You could tell that the, uh, a director that did not feel that way about him or had a more unbiased opinion about him would have zoomed out a little bit and <laughs> let it kind of play out more. But I feel like they fed into his shittiness and then it became... Yeah. Well, they had such more. access. That, they had a yeah. crazy amount of access. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it's just crazy. Like, the, why would you be sitting down <laughs> in front of cameras and microphones and lights if you had murdered somebody? Yeah. You know, like, why would you be... Like, you'd have to be delusional to think you could, like, tell your story and not trip yourself <clears throat> up. But yeah. clearly, Robert Durst... I guess we're spoiling it a little bit for people that haven't seen it. But clearly, he doesn't... He's not thinking about that, or he is wanting his story told so much. I think you know, that's what it is. I, man. I guess like, I just don't understand that impulse. He he seems very divorced from all of that. Like it, I mean, if it happened as far, you know, it happened a while ago. So like it, yeah. At this point, he's lived his life to the fullest. So whatever happens at this point is just extra, right? Like it's. It's, it's like he can't it, quite imagine it coming back to bite him at this right, point, which right. is which is crazy. But but yeah, Andrew Jarecki, the director of that. Um, I just remember when it would occasionally cut to him and you would see his insane, like, super manicured facial hair. Yes. Uh, extra he, tight shirt. He shirts. looked like a hipster devil. Yeah. Kind yeah. of. Um, but no, I thought that was a good... That was six episodes, right? Yeah. I think so, yeah. And I think that was one where once it got to the fourth or fifth episode, you're going, well, why is this going on? And then when it got to the last episode, it was kind of like, holy shit, did you guys see the jinx last night? Because yep. it really did have that jaw drop mm. moment. And I think that that your pulse quickens and all of that. Like, you know, they're, that's, it's a gotcha both in terms of what they get Robert Durst to, to say on camera or when he's being recorded, but also the way the facts line up with that envelope, yeah. the writing on the envelope. Yes. That, the, when, once that piece falls into place and you can see that even the people that have been believing his innocence can't anymore, it's pretty damning. And, and it really does, you know, make you go, oh, shit, how are they going to, what's going to come of this? Yeah, but, <clears throat> I mean that's obviously something that Drecky had been really intrigued by because he made that film a few years ago. Well, I don't know, a while ago, called All Good Things with Ryan Gosling and Kirsten Dunst, and it's about right. the Durst trial, or it's about that. Movie, no, no, no. but I'm saying like, yeah, he, he he's been on to this like yeah, yeah. case for a while, or, or this story, and he also did um, capturing the Freedmans, uh, like 2003 or four about the father son that were like accused of like the sexual assault of like the computer classes they were running out of their house. Have you guys seen that doc? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's Incredible. great. Incredible. It's it's very yeah. it's very kind of it'll make you sick to your stomach. I think it may have been may have won an Oscar or at least nominated for an Oscar that year. It's really good. Gotcha. So when we it, say true crime, people dying in it or or can we say one that like just has some crazy true crime, I would say Catherine the Freedmans would count and that's not a that's okay. not a, yeah, a murder. Totally, so like, that have, totally falls into They're not it. all murder. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Gotcha. Just a crime. Just a, <laughs> a crime. Of We've eight. kind of been talking about it like they're all murder up to this point, but yes, it's possible, okay. easily possible to do one that's just that blows open a, a story that doesn't doesn't right, involve right, right. a dead person. Oh, I have a good one. But though. I think true crime more often than not does like usually it denotes murder. Yeah, because then you know the 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 side of that is is this air of mystery. You know, yeah, right, you're right. just like you said, like the backseat, like you know, got to theories and you're looking at your evidence and. That's such a horror. I feel horrible saying that, but I mean, that's truly like one of the interesting things of like, you know, listening to things like, you know, just to gloss the podcast, like you talked about serial and there's a uh, in the dark up and mm -hmm. vanished, uh, the accused. These are like kind of some of the more popular ones. Like, you know, with those kinds of ones where you're getting like an episode every week or two weeks, like you're really digesting that information as they're doling it out to you. And mm -hmm. you're like, festering on like oh man like what what happened with jay or what happened right, you know it's right. like yeah. and you want to you want to have you have this like boiling point and you hear the new one and you're just like oh there's the information <laughs> i needed the podcast like that format was a really interesting experience mainly with serial mm -hmm. but what an experience you know right. what i mean like that whole that whole that whole format of, of kind of being able to tell that story and it really kind of provides like the creators of those like they have time to really kind of framed each episode you yeah. know really kind of up to the wire even the jinx i remember reading that they were like delivering edits of the episodes like the week that they were airing on hbo yeah because of stuff that they were getting right you know and same with like serial and, and in the dark was a podcast about I forget the young man's name jacob wetterling yeah like he was found like they while they're making this podcast like they're you know his body's found and they right. have the the suspect and all this stuff's happening so it kind of you know, it's kind of wild to watch or listen to that podcast because 
the creators of it and the hosts, like you can hear their just their I don't want to say concern for like really handling it properly. Like to say we have this crazy story. Well, they're caught right. up in the human side yes, of it. Yes, yes, and for they're sure. and they're like we have to do this right. Like we have to let you know right now that this story that we're telling you, like there really is probably there's an ending really now. You know, mm-hmm. like w- this isn't an open ended thing like some of the other experiences that you've had in serial or whatever. And but even that podcast was really great at like I, I thought at in the you dark. Know, yeah, in the dark. I thought in the dark was great. It was it was yeah. so well handled. So it had well a thesis done. too. Yes, it did, and I think, uh, and, and they're supposed to be doing another season of that. I, yeah. I read, obviously, a different story, but and the thesis in this case was just <clears throat> answering the question of like, how good are? I mean, I guess we could say small town local yeah. police, but just yes. in general, how good are police at investigating and solving crimes? Right. Mm-hmm. And they kind of look at the process and look at all the mistakes and all the misconnections, and it's the not, oversights, and it's, yeah. it's 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 very frustrating. And you kind of are going, "Oh my god, I can't believe this is true." Something about it didn't feel as tabloid or as sensationalistic. It was as though they really did have the the forethought to break it down into digestible episodes that each took on a certain idea. It didn't have that sort of feeling of serial. Where five six weeks in, you felt like they were kind of having to double back and pick this up a little bit yeah. and do yeah. a little bit more on that. And well, we thought we were going to do an episode on this, but then this happened, and it felt like they were kind of putting tracks down in front of a moving train when they were making cereal, which made it more exciting. <clears throat> to- totally, but there yeah. would be sometimes an episode that wasn't as worth the wait as you were hoping it would be. Whereas I feel like in the dark, each episode it it it, really it delivered a fully rounded yeah. part of the experience really because did. maybe they had time to stand back. And, and I think also you know not not to defend serial for that criticism, but like they were like early adopters. For oh this no. Like, I, I you think, know, like yeah. they, they were like kind of blazing this opportunity for right. things like, you know, that we're talking about, like learn from this because yeah, if yeah. you're going to say something bad about serial, it's something <laughs> like that. Right. right. And, and you know, it's not even really that bad if you experienced it and enjoyed it, but for production companies and for hosts and for creators of, of these stories and these podcasts, it's like, Learn from your, you know, I would even what came say, before you. I would even say what I'm really saying is it's <clears throat> In the Dark obviously came after Serial, but it staked out its own its own place. Sure, totally. Because it's different from Serial. I, I think that what Serial did was amazing. The fact that it may have been a little underwhelming when it got to the end, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really ding the overall experience of listening to that show for that. I think there are certain things about the format you can say, well, the host is injecting themselves too much, or this is too sloppy, or this is too cutesy, or this is what... But, like, all of these things have a compelling story at their core, and what, what makes Serial and In the Dark and others like them so rare is that level of investigative, kind of serious-minded journalism Absolutely. that goes into it. But <clears throat> you also get to hear that sort of thrill of the hunt of the person who's putting together a case. Yeah. And um, you were kind of talking about that with Making a Murderer, too, yeah. just the fact that some of this evidence is getting laid out and you're like, why has no one laid this out before? Why why did this documentary crew have to come along and point this Find out that. when the police theoretically should be the ones, you know, providing this? All the yeah. right. Well, I think the the difference is to me is that uh, I think that uh, Kate is that her name from a uh, serial? What's, no, what's her name? Sarah. Sarah. Sarah Kaling. Uh, Sarah Koenig. Sarah Koenig. Sorry. You're Mindy Kaling. Of, Mindy Kaling. Yeah. You, you were thinking and of Mindy Sarah, Kaling and Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin. <laughs> but no, Sarah Koenig. Yeah. So she is a better storyteller <laughs> than the lady in In the Dark. But I think the lady in In the Dark, who, that staff is a better, they do better writing in general. So they use the device, uh, uh, this whole idea of like the, 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 the web kind of spreading. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That device was used throughout the story to kind of reel it in. Because it makes things more tangible. If you're talking, talking about, about In the Dark? In the Dark. Yeah. So In the Dark had a device that it used to kind of talk about how investigations are done. It starts very small, and then the investigation <clears throat> kind of gets bigger and spreads out. And that makes it very tangible as you're listening to how this became a thing and how it it, it, it changed hands and... It, it, yeah. more people are involved mm-hmm. that device was used to help anybody whether you're in law enforcement or not understand how anything that involves multiple people can get kind of get out of hand honestly yeah. so that's a device that uh that's just indicative of good writing yeah in the dark you're right, right. you come away going oh my god you mean people in in one state, aren't talking to people in a neighboring yes. state when both states are right. looking for this particular killer who right. used this. Yeah, it's like which it just never occurred to you yeah. that there wasn't a communication there, right? right. And so that, that you have web. that versus versus serial, which is just 
a well-told story. Mm-hmm. I, say what you want about the story itself. It was told very, very well. And I, I think that's the difference. I think <clears throat> writing versus just storytelling. These things that I would rather hear a good story than good writing sometimes. <laughs> I would rather just hear... I know a lot of good storytellers. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I, you know, I and, and I know a, good, a lot of good writers, but I'd rather hear the way that she delivered that story. It just had a lot of passion. Um, she was she was just kind of feeling it out as you were feeling it out. Mm-hmm. She felt kind of scared about some things that you were afraid about. And I thought there was something really cool about that. Which, I mean, and, and that was expressed in the other one, but Serial had a better storytelling. I think, I think with it. us specifically, it probably also we may be a little, maybe a little biased just because, like you know, it's of down course. the street from us. <laughs> of course, yeah. And like I went to middle school with her, you know. Like there's right. weird things it's that nuts, like make man. me like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like I don't even know this stuff. That's like yeah. where'd that happen? With but, her, the say who the her is that. Oh, know. sorry, Heyman Lee. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Um, I just want to make sure we weren't talking about Sarah Koenig. In oh, case, no, no, no. In case yeah. listeners thought no yeah. age difference. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, like I went to middle school with, I remember going to school with that girl and like, you know, knowing that name and hearing it on the and seeing the photos after I researched it more. It's just like, oh my what God. the fuck? Like, how did I not? I remember hearing about right, right, right. it when I was in high school going into college when it all happened. But again, never in a way that like information was being put out there. Right, like, right. you know, it was weird. Like to think about it in your backyard, pretty much. Information is delivered <clears throat> so differently now that you would have known. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If, if it was delivered the same way, oh, you would have known. Oh, it's scary how yeah, different it is crazy. now. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. Because totally I didn't right. even know. I, I remember someone mentioning it kind of in passing. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Then yeah. I start talking to my friends. They're like, "Yeah, you don't remember you." It's, yeah. it's, it's nuts. The, yeah, you were the 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 radius around where you knew about it was yeah. so small, insane, man. And now it's like you can be a country away and be so in the know. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. it's wild. Well, I want to <clears throat> get into one of the shows sure. that since we've talked about making a murderer and we've talked about the Jinx, um, the one that really was one of the reasons why I even suggested this topic. That because I thought it was so exceptional with the way it was put together mm. is another Netflix series, and that would be The Keepers, mm-hmm. which just came out maybe a month or so ago. And I mean, I would say that what set it apart for me, and it kind of helped me out with some of these feelings, this queasiness around like why are we attracted to, the, to this right. type of story, by being such a good account of the victim's yeah. point of view. Right. The Keepers really focused more than than almost any of the ones I can think of, probably more than any, any true crime documentary true, I've ever truly. seen, uh, in terms of the magnitude of the crime and and the the genuine creep factor of like the layers of the crime and the crime upon crime, and then the sort of institutional level of that. And we all know about this already, these these priests that get moved around yeah, rather than right, having right, to face right. consequences. This, this story sort of had it all in that case. It had that aspect of the Catholic Church and how they, they kind of try to stand as a bulwark between the law and, and any priests and what they might be doing. Mm-hmm. It also had this sort of, you know, the idea of a current... A, a generation of people that are thinking back to something that happened when they were kids and that meant a lot to them because there were these girls that were being taught by Sister Kathy Sesnick, who was killed in 1969. Right. So there were girls who were teenagers that knew her, and now they, they are middle-aged and, you know, and they've had... It matters to them that they might do something for this person that they cared about. And there's these two women who were students of uh, Kathy's... Uh, Gemma Hoskins and Abby Fitzgerald Schaub, who the documentary just instantly throws them in the mix, and they emerge as these great kind of unlikely investigators yeah. in a way. But they're right. so tenacious, and they're so—I mean, they're just awesome. And they're so different from one another, yeah. which is yeah. it really It really is cool. One of them is much more the wanting to stay at home and do the deep diving and the digging— and the and the investigating and the other one will talk to anybody the, and like yeah. get information out of them and is willing to kind of play the sweet little old lady uh, <laughs> to get you know what I mean yeah totally it, so it's like and you almost are like I want to watch a show about them just going around trying to solve crimes right. you know but like <laughs> then it's layered in with this sadness this immense sadness of the people that were affected by this murder sure. and then obviously alluding to what I was uh, uh, based on what I was alluding to before with the the crimes committed by this priest possible crimes that seem pretty verified. I mean, when, when you get down to, it's that kind of Bill Cosby effect of like the yeah. weight of people coming forward to say, well, what about this? I saw this. There's, there's, there's this one priest who becomes kind of the chief villain of the, of the piece. Um, and they use that guy's story to kind of track how the church kind of shuffles people around. 
And it just makes you want to go knock on doors because yeah. this is ongoing. And like this documentary is now, and some of these, some of these stories, some of the people who could pay for these crimes are these. They're old. They're dying. You know, there there's mystery involved. Um, I just thought the way that the keepers put all of that together, the history of the characters, the link to the past, kind of explaining the culture of what was going on in the church and the Catholic school and, and how all this could happen, but also really making you feel the, the, the toll of this specific person who was taken away from, from a lot of people that cared about her, and then also the people that are dealing with the wreckage of their lives um, in ways that seem to be very related to what happened to Sister Kathy. I don't know, there were some very heartwarming moments in this when the people kind of banded together, and there were some really chilling moments when you saw that the the uh, establishment is still trying to kind of protect its own in this case. Um, but I don't know, I, there, yeah, I would say that as far as a, having emotional punches and payoffs well into that six-hour length, you know, it didn't feel bloated to me at six hours. Right. Um, so I would say this one is a really kind of the, the top of the heap for me in a lot of ways, yeah. as far as just it ma- managed to balance all those things, a really interesting case and the human side and just, yeah, you come away from it feeling like you got to know the people that were affected by the crime, not just heard a bunch of details about the condition of the body and, you know, gross stuff that's going to give you nightmares. Yeah. So I want to finish it. It's, it's probably one of the better ones I've seen. My mom is watching it. So we were, I was raised Catholic. Um, I'm currently living in the neighborhood where the archdiocese is. Yeah, um, archdiocese. I, is, I know it's hard to say. archdiocese is. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. where it is. Um, I went to I went to the basilica uh, every every other Sunday with my mm-hmm. mom. So hearing about these places, then I hear about this story, mm-hmm. then I see where all this stuff is taking place. Yeah. Well, yeah. This it's is heavy, another man. one that has that it's local heavy. feel. This is very, very Baltimore. Very, very. What's up with Baltimore? Maryland. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, I do think we've all known about the sort of reputation for the murder rate. Right. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, I guess there's, the, I guess there's where, like, a... It's, it's Very a, seldom do you hear about the molestation. Right. Yeah. You don't hear it, about it's a, it. You but it's a cottage it. industry for Netflix, just to send investigative journalists yeah. in What can you find in Baltimore? Yeah, yeah, this, yeah, this make, like, two other... But as far as the, the interest level, it's a, it it did yeah. make when when the keepers ended. I felt like I want to go downtown and, and start harassing people and right. saying how can figuring <laughs> stuff out. How can you keep protecting this guy? Why don't you want to connect the dots? It's I guess, crazy, like how connected that we're talking about the connectivity of this world. Yes, yeah. man. Like, have you seen like the director and Archdiocese going at each other like on Twitter? No. Oh, dude. And he did like a Reddit AMA, and they they were on there, oh, and they were able to verify that it was like the archdiocese account that was going after him. Oh my goodness! It's man. wild. It it is like it's like scary it. how like powerful they are. Yeah, <clears throat> and they you are get everywhere. you get that in the film or in the series rather. But I mean, it's just crazy to think that after this series, I mean, obviously they're on the defense and like yeah. you know, covering their ass and whatnot. But we're in a very Catholic town, like that, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, totally, very. And the series really stresses that. Yeah, it's, it's... You know, entirely through the whole series, you feel that. But just after the fact, you just... We can talk about these series and, like, you know, we talk about, like, the fact... The the effect that it can have on the now, you know, like, whether it's making a murder and and what's happening, or if it's a non-retrial and what's happening with Serial, or if it's this continuing investigation with Kathy Snesnick, whatever. Like, these have an impact, in, in most cases, on the now. Like what's happening right now, mm-hmm. and it's crazy to like get on Twitter and and like look at the director of this film, this series, and like see him being attacked by the Catholic Church. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, you know, like what's up with that? Like, I mean, it's, it's just crazy to me to watch it happening yeah. like that. It, it's. I mean, I get it, I guess, but that's an unfortunate situation because it's a whole other level to like. Yeah. What what happens when this kind of movie comes out or when this story comes out a lot of times you know you're seeing what's happening with the case or what's happening with the accused or the victims possibly but then you're seeing like you know filmmakers attacked and you know and the subject of the film kind of going out there and beating their own drum like listen to what we're saying not what the film is saying but I mean it's interesting yeah you know no doubt I haven't heard any reference to there being a second season of this show of the keepers i I haven't either yeah i I don't i don't know i mean i know the filmmaker um i think the i was reading about ryan white yeah like his his interest or his angle was like i think his aunt lived here and went to that school okay at that time and um at keaton or was it was it seaton keogh seaton keogh yeah Yeah. like you know i think she had a connection to that and he had he had been exposed to that story through his aunt or something um and that was that connection. But, I mean, he's he has said, like, you know, this is something that he's still 
following, you know, like, so right. I don't know if that means more content in terms of what the keepers has to say as a, as a series, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's amazing. Like how, um, how these, how, oh, I'm my tongue. how these stories like just kind of catch on though. Like in most cases, like, like a, like a wildfire. Well, this one has little tributaries. Like within it, there's the different people that have been accused or have seemed like likely suspects. And there's some really weird goings on with some of those specific people where it's like, okay, even if they weren't connected to all this conspiracy, this person had something very strange and unexplainable going on. And you keep waiting for that killer detail where one of these people is going to turn out to be connected to another one of those people. Because there were two or three people that all seemed like, oh, that's the guy. And then you're like, well, maybe not. But that guy was doing something strange. Right, right, right. And then again, you don't want to demonize people who are no longer around to defend themselves. But it it, it does I have mean, like... You can't help it sometimes. I mean, again, do you ever think about that, though? Like the fear of being accused of a crime you didn't commit? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, Pray what? to God you're never... Con- that I mean, is like, my fear of fears. I mean, I, my biggest fear used to be being buried alive. I think my biggest fear oh now my God, is man. like, it is that. It is like being at the center of something and being like, I can't explain... I can only tell you that I didn't do it. I, yeah. I can't prove I didn't do it. So much know? so. So much so. By the way, that, guys, I didn't do it. Yeah, yeah. You guys Wait. are about to hear some things... Probably soon, and I just want to let you know right. I didn't do it. None of it's true. I'm paranoid to the point where, like, if I was just talking to my girlfriend about this, if if a little kid is is around and there's a parent, and and my girlfriend's like, "Well, isn't that kid cute?" I'm like, mm-hmm. "Fuck that kid. I don't I don't care about that. I don't want to be around anybody. I don't want to be around anybody in the weird circumstances. Yeah. I'm very short with people when it comes to that kind of thing. It's just a general paranoia." See, but then you're going to be the guy where people are like, you know, he was always hanging back and being short with people. I should have known something was strange about him. They'll they'll do anything to frame it so that you seem like a psycho. Well, we talked about this when Serial was out, just that feeling of like, if you got got arrested and your name was in the headlines, who would be going, Ronald would never do that? And who would be going... I always knew yeah. something about Ronald. And then they'll, take, right. they'll take your statuses. Yeah. They'll make you seem like a psycho. They'll yeah, they'll frame find it. the one where you said something dark. Yeah. Or you said something, right, glib or whatever. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. So we're all just a bad turn away from, from yeah. being caught up in something like this. Yeah. Maybe that's part of where the fascination is. I think that's what it is, too. I think I think there's, like, this big idea that, like, I, I am under the impression, as, as I live through this life, that... People really think that there's a big gap between, and that sounds crazy, between like animals on all fours mm-hmm. and us. Yeah. Like, like we are nowhere near. But if you see people, when people get angry, mm-hmm. there are some traits that come yeah. out that seem very similar. But people forget all the things, the the home training that they've had. They and then you see them just act nuts. And that is something that people avoid at all costs that you see comes out very frequently. Every peaceful interaction you ever had and every happy day on a suburban street, like just beneath that surface, there is some shit that is so nasty and so bad. And it could happen anywhere at any time to anybody. Yeah. And you don't have any guarantee that it won't be you. Right. And that that next time a delivery guy comes to your apartment, that he won't come in and, and chloroform you. And the next thing you know, you're tied up and he's feeding you your leg or some shit you know it's like there's just no way to know that won't be you and like um i'm i'm hoping that doesn't happen to you yeah thank you (laughs) (laughs) but it's just i think that we never lose that feeling i think that no matter how much we know that like just basically keeping your common sense don't put yourself in bad situations all of that we all have that urge but you still you still don't know i have a non-violent what's violent Mm -hmm. but i have a non-murdery uh, true crime documentary that I really, really. We'll throw one out. That's non-murdering. Holy An he- idea, you said? Or no, a, 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 holy, a title. holy okay. hell. Okay. Um, about uh, oh, I guess, that, that cult. Yes, about oh, the yeah. West Hollywood cult led by this guy named Michael Rostand. I yeah. think that's how it's pronounced. So he's like this very manicured, strangely muscular older man with this like. Very chiseled face. He's charismatic. He does everything in his underwear. He encourages people to be naked. He has this like very motivational. You gotta get off your ass and do. He makes all of his people involved in the cult exercise for several hours a day. He wants everybody to be beautiful, and this cult just goes on and it follows. 
this documentarian used to be a part of the cult. Mm -hmm. So it interviews all these people. And it has one of the craziest twists I have ever seen. I was about to say, what's the crime? But maybe you don't the want to crime, spoil it. The crime is that he's a he. He exploits people. Mm-hmm. You know, he he exploits people. But the twist is so fucking crazy to me because it's you think this person is abusing people. Yeah, people get abused. Yes, it happens. That's a part of the cult. But the twist, the twist of it. You're selling this. Yeah. He's so charismatic. Here, there's a twist, Steve. and it's like shittily. It's in the air. Yeah. And the thing the is, this guy is... puts out these like propaganda videos. Yeah, I think the trailer's really very good. shittily filmed. Yeah, he's like, "Hello, how are you guys doing? I love beauty, and beauty loves you." And it just goes through this whole. It's presented <clears throat> in the way, like basically, it talks about how this guy was reeled into it, and mm-hmm. how he was sad, and this guy brought this joy to to him. The weird part about the cult too is like after even after it's revealed what it is, people still want to go back. People still love a lot of what it is yeah. and what it did for people. Sure. So it's it's worth checking out, man. I, I don't want to give too much no, no, away. No, no, you shouldn't. It, it, keep it as yeah, big as possible. That. But it's it's a good documentary, and it is a it is a crime. What mm-hmm. what he does is a fucking crime, man. Yeah. It's like very much a, a, a true crime situation because it. It unfolds in such an interesting way because obviously something's wrong with him. Like you look at the his face is nuts. <laughs> he's he's had like five ten surgeries on yeah, his face. Yeah, you can tell it's like a face that doesn't. Yeah, really, it doesn't. It look, doesn't his eyes are like doesn't, bulging. You're, you're, you're kind of being hypnotized by how yeah. still his face yeah. is. Yeah, he has like yeah. fake pecs. He gets like spray tans yeah. and injections, and he lifts weights. And he's like very. He's like sixty, and he looks incredible. Right. Well, that's a crime right there. Yeah, it's a crime. It's a true crime. And um, the, oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just I was about to move on. So if you have yes, anything, yeah, else. that's it. Okay, that's it. check so it out. So yeah, we're, we're getting a little long in this episode. Does anybody want to talk about any other quick picks of of true crime documentaries that came to mind? <clears throat> I mean, the the one of the top ones for me forever in life will be the Paradise Lost trilogy. <laughs> yeah, you love um, that one. I mean, like I don't. I, I don't. Check it out. I mean, so I mean, you just talk about like the 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 um loyalty to telling the story that you believe like right. you know what i mean like is it joe berlinger yeah joe and, berlinger um was this was there a co-director on that i think i think i think was. there was a co-director but like just the commitment to that story over years like three parts released i don't know at five to ten year increments mm-hmm. um the commitment to a story and and the, you know the commitment to helping get the story out there in terms of helping raise money yeah. you know getting musicians involved and holding concerts and you know, because they're really connected to the community, uh, the musician community, and uh, Joe Berlinger and Bruce Sanofsky. Sanofsky, yeah. And I don't know that I've ever like I don't know I don't know that I've ever been affected so much by right, a, right, a right. series of documentary true crime stories as those. Um, it it, it kind of like checks off all the bullet points of like the innocent until proven guilty, the corruption of police, the conspiracy mm. to fit a certain stereotype, you know. The South, you know, like there's all these things that just hit demons and worshiping the devil and, you know, child murders. And it's oh, horrible. Right, right. It's horrible crime. Um, but you kind of and it's so organic in how they follow the story and present the story in the one, two and three chapters. Um, and you really start to hear their voice as it gets further and further into it and, and what they believe as filmmakers and as people that are interested in, in, in getting truth in this story. And, um, you know, there's a reason why a lot of people know what the West Memphis three are that aren't living in West Memphis. And it's right. because mainly of, of stories being told in documentaries like this. Right. I mean, granted, it was like a national thing and it was a really big sensationalized thing when it was going on and even over the years since. But it's become a part of the mainstream because of a documentary like right. this. You know, Damien Eccles coming out and writing a book and doing his own documentary about the story and what he believes happened. You know Peter Jackson producing a a, a documentary, his, his documentary, and it's just it's just it's interesting to watch like that kind of thing push the story into the mainstream America, and just I mean, um, their access it, like a big thing that we talk about and we touched on it, but the word access in terms of a filmmaker's access to the subject, to the victims, to the suspects, whatever it might be, you know this is a great example of um, those two filmmakers had like 
incredible access. Well, it's like a documentary that becomes a, a, a. I mean, we've been hinting at this about a lot of these, but there's like a little bit of activism involved oh, yeah. in yeah, this definitely. type of documentary. The this Keepers a has it. Pure example. A of that. Paradise Lost trilogy has it, where it's like there's there's ch- there's a chance that we're gonna bring people justice yeah. by getting this information out there. Yeah. That that is a part of it that is a little bit more. I don't know, humanitarian and a little bit less, uh, as we were saying before, kind of trying to force you to wallow in the ugliness, you know. totally. So Um, what are some other ones? I see you. Well, I just had a few that we've talked about them on this show, um, I believe. At least this one I know we have. The Imposter from 2012. So good. Um, I almost don't want to say too much about (laughs) it. I feel like if people are listening, you you may have heard us talk about it already. Mm -hmm. But it's it's got twists. (laughs) Oh, it has twists. It's got, like, reveals. Twists on twists. Um, And, you know, I think that that is something about... How you fabricate one of these, or how you take one of these stories and you turn it into something that's a piece yeah. of entertainment. Sometimes sure. that works and and seems like a valid way to tell the story because it's like the layers of the onion that the investigators found. Yeah. And other times it seems like they were holding something back that they could have told us before because they wanted to preserve suspense. I don't really like the latter version. I understand the impulse, but I think the imposter is a great like it throws you down in this web and then kind of reveals it to you. And the movie, the way it's visually put together, it kind of plays with your understanding yeah and it reminds me of another movie that actually is a highly 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 influential um three three highlies um true crime documentary because it sort of set the tone for so much true crime that came after and that's the thin blue line line. from 1988 which is the errol morris film that at the very least established the tone of like murder show reenactments, the yeah. sort of hazy reenactment where you see the hand with the gun go up and everything. <laughs> but it was artfully done in this right. to have different people telling the story of this murder. It was a policeman that was killed one night, and there were two men who were connected to the crime, and one of them pointed a finger at the other guy, and he went down for it. And it tells the story of what happened that night through several people's account, and the the reenactment sort of changes subtly based on the account of the person who is... Uh, who's telling the story and, and they never present you with just a reenactment of the crime as they believe it went down. Right, right. They only show you like other people's accounts and reports. It was a real weird kind of experiment almost. I think Errol Morris at the time even didn't want the word documentary used oh, in association wow. with the film because he didn't feel that it was a documentary. It was much more of a uh, kind of almost an experimental piece of, of, you know, true, true crime narrative, but not meant to document any, any one point of view. Right. Um, anyway, so I would say that one merits mentioning. And then I wanted to just mention, because it's an incredibly creepy story, uh, the Johnny Gosh case, as touched on in the film, Who Took Johnny? Um, I, another one we've talked about on this show. Yep. But as far as a layer, an onion with layers, and a story that'll make you feel creepy about just the world, I think uh, Who Took Johnny is yeah. a, you know, the kind of I, thing that'll keep you up at night. I was just going to say Mommy Dead and Dears. Yes. fucking crazy. Yes. Worth seeing. Surprised we didn't get to that one, because that's the one we've all seen yeah. recently. Yeah. Um, but... What do you think makes that one unique, Ronald? Oh, just because it's the layer of lies. So there's something about just just the story. Just the story is so crazy, man. It's just a layer of lies to the victim that may have sparked whatever happened. I don't know. It's just well. Here's a real question of victim. Like yeah, yeah. that one really, mommy, dead, and dearest really blurs the line of who's the victim and who's yeah, the murderer yeah, and, and so forth. So yeah. yeah, that's another one where just the the twists, the story as it unfolds. Um, it's on HBO right now, right? right. I, I, yeah, yeah. How long do things stay up on HBO Go? Just in no perpetuity? Clue. No Pretty clue. decent amount of time because I feel like that one did really well. So it should still be up. I want to throw out, uh, so there's a couple that I had. Um, the Staircase, which is um, Mike, the Michael Peterson case from I think the like late late uh, the late nineties or mid nineties like where he was accused of murdering his wife mm-hmm. and she was found dead on the staircase of their North Carolina home, but um, that was a I think eight part series. Oh wow! And then they made a follow up documentary, a two hour documentary that served as like nine and ten episode nine and ten about that case and about him and. It's become known now as like the crazy story about the alternate theory about the her dying by attack from an owl. Like right. if you've heard that, that's yeah. what that case is. But another thing, like a, it's kind of a very a, a making murderer type of thing where like they really are talking a lot about the criminal justice process and like you know the characters and how they play into the courts and the juries and all that stuff. Really, really good stuff. Um, I'd highly recommend that. 
The other one is um, Dear Zachary. Yeah. A letter to his son from his father. About his father. That movie destroyed me. It's heartbreaking. It's infuriating. Um, but uh, I don't know that I, I, yeah, I don't know that I've been more affected by a documentary emotionally while watching it. I mean, some of the long form things like it kind of sustains it longer. Right, right. But I mean, uh, you know, the I don't want to say the twist of that documentary. It, it feels like it cheapens it. But I, I yeah. think we are still talking about surprises. Like yeah. it's got a narrative. The description. Like, don't read about this yeah. film. Right, just, right. just, yeah. Don't give someone a chance to yeah. spoil Dear Zachary for you. You want to just watch you. it on our recommendation. It's like you... The Imposter in totally. that sense. Agreed. Yeah. But that's one that always stands out to me. And uh, the other one that I wanted to mention was, uh, what was it called? Oh, I mentioned it earlier. It was, um, was Capturing the Freedmans. Yep. If, if you haven't seen that, that's that's definitely one. To and it's check another out. one where they thought they were telling one story, and they ended up actually and, filming something else. Yeah. You know, and and it it and evolves. That's so scary. Yeah. When you see that, like it, like the imposters one that I can remember watching, and those moments happen where you know you get cold chills. Like yeah. I, that's a yeah. mark of a those kinds of storytelling. That I, I'm not saying that you look for that twist, but like the surprise is the better word. Like mm-hmm. just surprise information or a shift in this in the story right. or even the tone of the story. And you know that's got it. Captain Ian Freeman's has it. Um, we talked about the Jinx earlier has that moment, but um, those kinds of things are like those lightning in a bottle type moments it's like mm-hmm. insane to experience yeah. but um i don't know those are like a lot of the ones that really come to mind i mean we talked about the podcast a few of them yeah um so if you haven't if you haven't listened to in the dark it's definitely something i think we at least two or three of us recommend yeah right. um there's an ongoing documentary series uh on the podcast network of your choice called um up and vanished it's really interesting documentary series. Like it's kind of gotten a little long in the tooth for me. Like it's kind of this example of like too much. You're sticking with it to be able to, I feel like the series is still going on because it's really been developing recently and they're Mm -hmm. kind of sticking with it. And it's got like a bunch of other stuff coming out, like case evidence, you know, deep dives into some of the, and that kind of stuff feels a little bit like a spinning wheel to me. But, um, just that, that story is interesting to me. Um, and it's kind of, it's got that like charismatic host that's like kind of doling out the story mm-hmm. pretty, you know, delicately but really thoughtfully. Um, but I don't know, yeah, those are probably the the ones that really stick out to me. I'm trying to think, I felt I felt like there was one more movie that I wanted to mention. Um, yeah, I think we mentioned all of mine. Yeah. Oh, um, well, it was more Central Park Five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really I forgot about that one. Wild and uh, yeah, so. Plenty of options if you haven't seen yeah, any of them. Lots of stuff. Seek it out on whatever platform you can find it. Yeah. Cool. We basically, this was once again just a big commercial for Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Plus some other and, and streaming podcast outlets. networks. Yeah. yeah. And the sponsors of those <laughs> yeah. podcasts. None of them sponsor this podcast. Yes, exactly. So let's uh, talk about that later, sponsors. Let's see if we can get Casper mattresses yeah. on the phone. Right, right. Uh, so yeah, I think that's it. I mean, if you can find any of those titles, if you haven't seen them, if you have questions about where to find them and need help, you can email us at movieshmovie at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Drop us a message on Facebook or a post on our site uh, at movieshmovie.com. Um, I don't think we have an idea what the next episode of this will be, so it'll be a little surprise for y'all. Yeah. Um, probably by the time that comes out, I might have a child. Yeah. I know. Isn't that crazy? Ah! crazy, yeah. I was wondering so, when yeah. you were going to say something about it on the show. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah we're expecting a baby by the time this comes out in pretty much like two weeks. Um, well, actually, this will be – this episode will come out yeah, you're right. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. So, yeah. Hashtag math. Carry the two. No, I, was, I, I was thinking that I was forgetting that we're putting one out tomorrow. Right. So yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're not. We're not yeah. getting a month ahead. The time we're has come. My seed has grown. Yeah. <laughs> the seed is strong. Oh, baby. I've been on a Game of Thrones kick recently. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just, uh, it's the, this, the new season of Thrones comes out the week that Aaron's due. Oh, wow. So I'm like, this is going to be the best week ever. You know what I mean? Well, the best week to be like at home and no one's going to bother you. Totally. Because really, once, I mean, as long as you've got a good tag team situation yeah. going yeah. there. Yeah. Um, all you're really doing is sitting there. I will with a little watch thing so much and, shit and making sure nothing bad happens to it. Yeah, That's what yeah. you're doing for the first keeping month. it alive. Yeah, right. And yeah. watching as much TV as yeah. I possibly can, That's and catching right. up on titles. Like uh, what was the one called? Holy hell! Holy hell! Because oh, you're gonna say holy hell when you uh, finish. I'll record it as I do that, just to show. <laughs> Ronald, you were right. So you're you're moving soon. Yeah. Or at least you're taking a job out of town, and yeah, you might be man. moving soon, uh, but still close by. Yeah. You're about to have this big life change, Steve. Yeah, little baby. Life change central. I'm the boring one. I like this. I, I feel yeah. stable. You already got your annual haircut, didn't you? Yeah, I got my <laughs> annual haircut. I already have a kid. He's running around yeah, right, right now. Right. You know? 
You got your landscaping done already? Yeah, right. Some so, of it. Yeah. <laughs> Some of it. <laughs> but no, congratulations to you, Steve. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. And to a lesser extent, but still, you know, this yeah. is this is huge. This is big. Right? <laughs> There's a baby of change coming yes, for me. Exactly. Not quite <laughs> yeah. the same baby. Yeah. Not a life baby. <laughs> Not yeah. a life baby. <laughs> Yo, you're having a life baby, yeah, Ronald. I'm Steve's having a, having a human baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm He's having a, a baby baby. Well, uh, the, your partner's you're having a career it. baby. Yeah. And a home baby. That's exciting, man. I think you two are going to be amazing for I hope so. Man, mm-hmm. we're looking forward to it. Did you see the picture got it. of them standing out in a field? No, you can tell they're going to be good parents. <laughs> if anything would tell you that, it's the photo of us and the sun shining through us. It's like these were these two were chosen to parent a child, if there ever were two. Yeah, that's the gauge, them. the quality of the pictures. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I'll be a good parent. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you look good in a picture, yeah. duh. That's a gauge. All right. Well, that said, next time you hear us, I'll be a dad. Uh, yeah. So that'll be wild. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got to say. Steve's hair is falling out while he's saying yeah, like, that. He's, ah! <laughs> I'm butting my nails down. No, but no. I'm with Ronald. I think you guys have it covered. Some people you go, oh, my God, how are they going to keep it together? But you guys seem like you're ready for almost anything, and you're always kind of just going and doing it. Thank you. So, And I do Appreciate mean going that. and doing it. Oh, I think that's how this happened. <laughs> that's how that happened. That's the math on that one. Yep. But, no, I think that's, uh, you know, based on how well you've treated your dog, I have yeah. a feeling this, this is one lucky kid. Duh. <laughs> Hopefully our dog treats the kid as well, too. No, there will, there will be jealousy. <laughs> oh, for what sure. What I think is interesting is the animals pick up pretty quickly on little things that you're doing. And when they see how careful you are with the baby, that's it's true. weird how much your pet goes like, that's, that's I could take that thing. You know, I could eat that, <laughs> but I'm not going to because they seem really fond of it. Yeah. And look how look how nice they're being to it. You know, That's so wild. it's like animals do pick up on that. Uh, you know, it's as as you probably have found yeah. with the dog, they pick up on certain weird totally. things. So it's strange how like they might be mad and jealous, but but they also know like it's not worth it for me if I get into any <laughs> trouble with that one. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So that'll happen next time you hear us. This oh. podcast, two thirds of us will be dads. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then. Whenever I'll Ronald, of course have yeah. my life baby. Ronald yeah. will be raising life, his life baby. Life baby <laughs> will be a few weeks into progress there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, find us on your favorite podcast, whatever app you use, whatever platform you use, reviews, ratings, whatever you're able to do on, on your platform of choice. It, it's appreciated. And uh, if you have suggestions for podcasts, you know, for later in the summer and the fall, mm-hmm. definitely email us uh, again at movieshmovie at gmail.com or messages on Facebook. Either way, we're pretty responsive. Yeah, so as always... You've made our day. Take care. Bye.